You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And on today's show, we are going to uh, to turn to discussing some of the the NFL draft prospects, and we're going to talk specifically about a number of players from Alabama. You know, Alabama never has draft prospects. So, you know, since, since they've got a couple this year, I guess, I guess we'll give them a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of publicity. So, you know, and, and of, of course I, I, I'm kidding, but you know, there's several Alabama players as there always are who are uh, draft prospects. A lot of, a lot of whom could interest your New York Giants. So we'll talk about those and, and here, here to help me do that is Brent Taylor of SB Nation's Roll Bama Roll. We've, we've talked to Brent before about, about Alabama guys and, and we always appreciate his time. So, so let's, uh, let's bring Brent on right now. Brent, how you doing? Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Hey, Ed. Uh, glad to be back on. I think the last time I talked to you, we were talking about Xavier McKinney. So I, you know, I know he kind of got hurt early on, but I hope he worked out for you. Uh, we will see on that one. I, I actually think, I think Xavier McKinney is going to be a good player for the Giants. Unfortunately, until the very, very last game or two of the season, I don't think we saw what Xavier McKinney can really be. And, and, and I never try to judge a player off of a season, especially a young player. When he's missed so much of, of the season in terms of practice time and, and, and all of that. I mean, with the weird off season that the NFL had and then basically missing three months of practice time, I don't think we saw what Xavier McKinney really is. So I, I have high hopes for the kid. I, I'm, I'm assuming that you still do as well. Oh yeah, me too. I, I loved him all through basically high school recruiting in his three years at Alabama. He he was one of my favorites through kind of moving through the program. So I, I hope he continues on that path. I I think Giants fans do as well. Obviously the Giants invested a second round pick in McKinney and they're they're depending on him to to be an anchor in the back of their of their defense and and I I think he will be uh once he gets a chance to to have a fully healthy season. All right, Brent, you know, I was kidding in my intro, you know, about Alabama prospects. There's always a ton of them. And depending on what mock draft you, you, you pay attention to, 
at at this point in time there's there's anywhere from four to to seven Alabama guys who wind up going in the first round and 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 that's just crazy i mean you know it must be fun to root for a team that has that many guys uh that many guys going uh that highly to to NFL teams Oh, it is. Don't let anybody fool you. Winning and having a whole lot of good players is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, anytime somebody brings up like, oh, Alabama just blows out everyone. That's no fun. Don't you want closer games? I'm like, no, close games are horrible. I like blowouts. <laughs> yeah, and, unfortunately. You know, my, my, my NFL team is the Seattle Seahawks. And they, uh, if you've paid attention over the last like five years, they win a lot. But every single game is within three to five points all the time. And they give me a, like, heartburn every single week. So, well, yeah, I look forward to the Alabama games that don't. Yeah, stress-free Alabama Saturdays. There you go. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about some of the Alabama prospects. And, and we're not going to really get into each one. What I'm going to try to do here is focus on the positions and the players who really – I think really might be of interest, you know, to the New York Giants. So we're for, we're going to start at wide receiver, and obviously, it's a position of of need for the Giants. Thirty first in the league in uh, in offense last year, they've got a young quarterback in Daniel Jones who who needs more weapons, more wide receivers on the outside. Giants have the eleventh pick, and obviously, mock drafts talk all the time about. Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, and Jalen Waddle, and one of those guys could be available to the Giants. Maybe both at eleven. I doubt both will be there, but more than like you know, more likely Waddle will be there than than Smith probably. But here's the question for you: Which one of those two players, when push comes to shove? Five, six, eight years from now, which one of those two players is going to have, in your view, going to have the better NFL career? Uh, it's the easy answer, but I, I think Devontae Smith will. He's the more, um, I'd say, pro-ready type receiver, uh, just with his kind of feel for the game. He, he's one of those guys that makes everything look so easy that you kind of watch him and you're like, yeah. Is he really doing anything all that impressive? He's just catching wide open balls all the time. And then you realize, well, that's because he's getting wide open all the time. Uh, Waddle, on the other hand, is a little more, uh, he's flashier for sure. But a lot of that comes down to he's having to make those contested catches. And a lot of his style is more, more of how Kansas City will use Tyree Kill. He's good after the catch. He's fast and, more of a hybrid gadget kind of player that is also a great receiver. But yeah, long term, I'd go Devontae Smith. He's a more natural, downfield, pure receiver, I think. All right, so here's the question. A year ago, the Las Vegas Raiders took Henry Ruggs at 12. <laughs> the Giants have the 11th pick. Tell me why... Smith and Waddle aren't Henry Ruggs, who had 26 receptions for the Raiders 
and clearly, at least as a rookie, was not worth the 12th overall pick. Tell me why these guys are not rugs. When all four of these guys played at the same time, I still do not understand how Ruggs was drafted higher than Judy. I honestly, I mean, you look at the stats, I'm not really sure. Well, I know why, but why Ruggs was drafted in the first round at all. And that was solely because of a 40-yard dash. And he's fast and a good person and uh, good special teamer for sure. But as a receiver, he was very, very raw. And you could look at his stats in production in college. It just wasn't there. I mean, I think he had topped out at maybe 600 yards in each of his seasons. So on the other hand, Devontae Smith has got four years of really good production. Uh, you know, those stats back up his skills. And, you know, a Heisman Trophy never hurts either. Uh, Waddle... I'd be careful. Uh, like, like I said, he's not, I don't think he's a slam dunk receiver. He's going to need to be in a system that allows him to work with a lot of yards after catch and gets him the ball that way. And, you know, he's also coming off a pretty rough injury. So we'll, and that, that's another risk you got to take. So at 11, I mean, you got to take Devontae Smith if he makes it to 11. I don't think you will. Waddle, I, I think you could do it. Uh, I think, I also think if he drops to the 15 to 20 range, that would be a good spot for him as well. But just, but he's kind of a risk at 11. I, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're risking the injury and the scheme fit with him. So let me ask you about the injury. Obviously, you know, it was a, a fractured ankle, I believe. And, and we saw him in the national championship game limping around and he caught a couple of balls, but, but it obviously to the outside observer, you know, like myself in this case, it looked like that young man should not have been playing football on that field that night. I mean, were you? Like me, and obviously you, you know, the vested interest in Alabama winning the game, but were you like a lot of other people, you know, screaming at the television, screaming at Nick Saban, you know, what on God's green earth are you doing to this young man, putting him out there in this game when, you know, when he's really playing on one leg? I mean, did, did it bother you the way it bothered me to see him out there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it definitely did. I was, Really, I mean, you know, kind of the whole storyline that whole season was every time somebody talked to Waddle, he was saying, I want to be back for the national championship. And he'd say, like, look, I don't I can't make it for the SEC championship or the first bowl game after that. But if we make it to the Natty, I'm going to be back in. And it, it was more his thing, I think. And that that first catch he got, you know, we were all excited for him. But, yeah, he got in. He got his catch. And I. I was hoping, okay, he got his one catch, put him back on the bench, and be done with that. Uh, but he, he just kind of kept playing, and uh, obviously it was it was his thing. He wanted to do it a lot, and like I said, he talked about it for months, wanting to be in there. But yeah, I wish he hadn't. Yeah, you you and me. Both and, and pretty much every fan of an NFL team that, that might be considering drafting the kid 
was uh, was just crossing their fingers and hoping something really bad didn't happen. Yeah, and I'd add, uh, even before that fractured ankle, uh, he limps off the field just about every game for some little nick or something anyway. And normally it's like just limp off, everybody holds their breath for a second, he's back two plays later. But it, it did happen, I think, every game this season up until his actual fractured ankle. So, yeah, he's an injury risk, I think. That's something you have to factor in. And how good is he as a return man? I think he just he returns. Does he return punts as well as kickoffs? He he mostly does punts. Uh, he's done a couple of kickoffs in the past. Uh, he got a I think he got a really good one against Auburn in 2019, and that was his like his first kickoff return. Before that, he had just done punts. Uh, but yeah, as a return guy, he he's special, man. That that kind of speed is just hard to. Yeah, it's fun to watch. I hated we missed half of his last season of that. Yeah, the Giants Giants could definitely use return help, but the injury risk there, it, it does make me nervous. All right, here's a hypothetical for you. Devonta Smith is off the board. Jalen Waddell is on the board at 11 for the Giants. The Giants need receiver help. The Giants also need a second cornerback next to opposite from James Bradbury, who had a tremendous season in in 2020, his first year with the giants, but giants played a whole lot of zone defense because they really kind of had a revolving door at the other corner. They didn't have somebody most of the year who they really trusted in, in man situations. You're the New York giants. You're sitting there. Jalen Waddles on the board. Patrick Sertain is still on the board. Which guy do you take? I'm I'm probably going to take Sertain there. Uh, I I'm a defensive guy as it is, and yeah, I, I'd go with the corner. Uh, so with Sertain, the he he's one of those guys that he you know he's got the NFL bloodlines, but he's so naturally good at playing cornerback uh, that when you know 99% of the time there's not a flaw you could pick out and that other 1% is I think he gets bored sometimes and just kind of forgets to do something for a play and will get toasted uh, that and that that happens maybe once every three or four games and whether that's a forgetting to jump for a deep ball or just because he's so used to nobody ever throwing it deep when he's covering the dude, or not jumping in on a gang tackle. That one's one I've kind of railed against him for the last couple of years. Uh, but at the same time, he can tackle. He's a big dude, and if he sees a one-on-one opportunity, he's going to take someone down in the backfield. But then there's some gang tackles around him, and he might just kind of back out of it. So that that would be the one thing to watch out for with Sertan. But as long as you kind of keep him properly engaged with playing, man, he's a slam dunk corner. You can't you can't go wrong with that. Zone in man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alabama tends to run a pattern match, which uh, is kind of a mix of the two. It's more often man 
down the sidelines, but then he'll kind of swap to his own if he stays short kind of deal. Cool. Yeah, I I, I wonder if the Giants will go, depending on what wide receivers are available, what they do in free agency. There's been this this tendency the last few years where it seems like a lot of the a lot of the day one wide receivers like Henry Ruggs don't really pan out the way that that you think that they will and and a lot of times it's the day two guys the 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 DK Metcalfs and even a day three guy like a Darius Slayton those guys who who really tend to to come to the to the forefront there's a lot of other examples i wonder if the giants given a choice with a guy like sertan would go that way and try to fill their their receiving need later um you know it it, it sounds like you think obviously that that sertan's a guy that would be worth the 11th pick if uh, if he's there yeah absolutely and uh, you know i there's a supply and demand kind of thing there's lots of good receivers you you can find a receiver, you can put them in, and as long as if you got a good quarterback, your receivers are going to look good. But cor- a good corner is in short supply, so that if if the option's there, I'm taking a cornerback. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a, a quick break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. We come back. I want to talk about uh, a handful of of the other Alabama prospects that that might interest the Giants as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine with you, and I'm talking to Brent Taylor of SB Nation's Alabama website, Roll Bama Roll, and we're discussing some of the uh, the Alabama draft prospects that that might interest the Giants in the 2021 NFL Draft. We've already talked about a lot of the top guys, Patrick Sertan, wide receivers, Devonta Smith, and, and, and Jalen Waddle. want to talk about a, a few of the other guys who maybe aren't guys that you would pick at 11, but could be guys that, that you might consider late in the first round if the Giants happen to move down or into the second round if, if they slide that far. Although, you know, some of them, some couple of the, at least the first guy that I mentioned may or may not slide that far. I want to ask you about Christian Barmore, the, the defensive, defensive lineman. The Giants are in a situation where, you know, they play primarily a 3-4 and they have a situation where both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson are free agents. Obviously, you know Tomlinson pretty well from his Alabama days. My my guess is they're going to sign Leonard Williams. They could very well wind up not being able to sign Dalvin Tomlinson with the salary cap situation and all of that. When I look at Christian Barmore on on film, I look at him as a guy. I see a guy who might be able to step in and replace a Dalvin Tomlinson 
fairly seamlessly. Am I, am I, am I seeing the right thing or you know, just tell me what you think about Barmore? I'm not as high on Barmore as most of the media seems to be. Um, I, I wouldn't take him in the first round. Um, kind of that early second range the I think you got the 11th pick of the second that I, I'd consider that uh, that's still a little higher I think than I'd probably be willing to go uh, as, especially for a true 3-4 defense the thing with Barmore is I, I'm not sold on his uh, two gapping ability and patience that way uh, he's very much a hot or cold kind of guy, and he really, once he starts shooting gaps and disrupting stuff, then he kind of starts building on that and just gets more and more impactful. But asking him kind of in a down-to-down -down sense of, hey, be a 3-4 nose tackle and do your job, that I, I kind of worry about him that way. Okay, so let me throw another name at you then. Uh, you know, Giants could always consider at some point in the draft, you know, adding to, uh, to their offensive tackle situation. Um, and of course that leads us to talking about Alex Leatherwood. I watch Leatherwood and, and, and kind of like you with Barmore. I'm, I'm not sold. What do you think of, of Leatherwood's, uh, NFL future? Well, I will say they gave the wrong Alabama lineman the Outland Trophy. <laughs> I, I, I would have put Leatherwood as the third best lineman on our offensive line behind Landon Dickerson, the center and right tackle Evan Neal. Leatherwood, you know, he was a five star recruit and came in. He, he played guard really, really well. Uh, when he first started playing, he played right guard and did, I mean, he was great at it, moved to, left tackle for the last couple of years and he's he's good i mean he's a good solid left tackle uh especially as a run blocker but he's he's blown way too many stunts and just let dudes fly past him that way to i mean that that makes me nervous as an nfl team so uh yeah 11th overall i would not take him there i know a lot of people are projecting him close to that top 10 uh I, I view him closer to where cam robinson alabama's left tackle from what year was that was that 2015 i think uh more more the start of the second round kind of guy but i i think what's happened this year with covid and all, all of that and a bunch of teams not playing and alabama just doing so well uh, I think there's an easy, oh, hey, there's an Alabama player. Let's put him in the first round. Yeah, but it, but you don't, but you really don't, uh, don't feel like he belongs there. Is he a left tackle in the NFL or is he a guy that, uh, that has to move to the other side or, or inside? I think he's still a left tackle. That's what he's always done other than that, uh, one year he swapped over to right guard. However, he did play guard really well. So I'd, I'd consider it for sure. All right, so there's really two other guys, and, and you mentioned one of them. You mentioned Landon Dickerson, and and I'm not sure that the Giants, with Nick Gates, you know, having had a 
moved to center after playing guard and tackle, you know, a little bit earlier in his career, had a, had a, a kind of a rough time at the start, you know, adjusting to center, but, but looked like a guy by the end of the year who, who had settled into that spot and could be there for a while. I'm not sure that they're in the market for a center, but I think we still have to talk about Landon Dickerson. And the other guy is, is Deonta Brown, who's just a massive guard, um, you know, big, strong sort of phone booth guy. Um, just talk about those two guys as to, you know, what you see of their, for their NFL futures and, and what you see as, as sort of fits for them as, uh, as NFL players. Oh man, Landon Dickerson is going to be in the pros for a long time. As long, as long as he can keep his injuries down. He's probably the strongest guy on the team. He made a bunch of waves making little, you know, he kind of made his name as one of the workout warriors and set a bunch of team records with weightlifting. But on top of that, his, he's a great blocker. Uh, he can play guard, center or tackle. And we, he did play guard for a while last year when he first transferred in from Florida State. And Alabama eventually moved him to center just because he, he did such a great job of staffing it and then making all the line calls. He picked up the entire offense in like two months after transferring. And then personality wise, oh, you can't ask for a better lineman. The dude is a whole lot of fun. Uh, and you, you don't say that about offensive linemen much, but if you go, I think Cole Kubelik with SEC Network, uh, just kind of over the last two years has put out a whole bunch of tweets on Landon Dickerson, just kind of showing all of his pancake blocks and throwing people around on screens. So he's a lot of fun that way. And then he made a name for just getting under defensive lineman skin and drawing all kinds of personal fouls all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, Hey, free 15 yards. That's a, that's a big bonus for an offensive lineman. So yeah, I, I can't say enough good about Dickerson and thank you to Florida State for letting him transfer out. Uh, probably, yeah. probably, probably a day two guy. I honestly, I would take him top 10 without a second of hesitation if you need a center. Uh, the, but you know, if you're worried about his injury history, he had multiple ACLs messed up at Florida State and then uh, had that uh, another knee issue right at the end of this season, so that that would be my hesitation there. And uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, about Deonta Brown. He's been an interesting case. Uh, he's been at Alabama for I think it's four years now, and his first two seasons he'd kind of you he wouldn't play, he wouldn't play, and then they put him in, and all of a sudden Alabama's run game would just take off as soon as you put him in the game. Uh, but then he'd end up benched again and the run game would go back down. And so it kind of became like this, all the fans would be calling for him all the time, but he was also struggling with, um, basically meeting Nick Saban's weight requirements and other random disciplinary issues here and there. So he, he spent a lot of like two and a half years in, we, we call it Saban's doghouse. Uh, couple of academic things and his too much, just too heavy. Uh, 
they kind of kept him at a, you got to play, be under 350 if you're going to play. And he struggled with that. Uh, but by his last two seasons, he's mostly, mostly been there. I think he's missed a few games here and there. But he, as a run blocker, oh, the dude, I mean, you can't move him. That's 350 pounds of just massive southern dude. Uh, <laughs> as a fast blocker, there's, there's some, there's something to be desired there. Uh, when you're that big, you just don't move backwards that fast, and that's part of it. So, yeah, put him at guard. That way that's not as much of an issue. But as a third round, maybe fourth round kind of guy, it could be a good pick. As long as you're a team that re- – if you want to run the ball, he's a guy. If you're not going to be running much, I, I wouldn't even look at him. But uh, maybe like a mid-round guy, you know, to come in and, you know, with a team that maybe wants to run power and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably third or fourth is about as high as I'd go with him. All right. Hey, hey Brent, is is there anyone else that that might be, you know, at least a mid-round pick? Anyone that that I haven't uh, that that I haven't addressed, you know, that that uh, that's a guy you you think might have a good NFL future? Uh, mid-rounder, no, not really. You got Dylan Moses, the linebacker. Uh, he's been overhyped since seventh grade. You know, he was that guy that LSU offered back in, oh gosh, uh, like 2012 Mm -hmm. and made a whole bunch of media uproar over it because he was still in seventh grade. Basically a 240-pound linebacker that ran like a 4-4 way back when. Um, Mm. he's been, and, He's a good guy. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries, didn't really come back from it real well. He's got a lot of athletic talent, and it just never really translated into actual production, in my opinion. Uh, and You know, he, you can look at mock drafts, and he's anywhere from first round to fifth round. Mm. Uh, so I, if he drops all the way to the fourth or fifth, he could – he could be a project linebacker just because he's got that speed that linebackers shouldn't have, but he'll he'll take some work to really make him a a legit good player. Past that, uh, we didn't really have too many guys. Most of the guys that normally would be the seniors, kind of sixth or seventh rounders, are all coming back because of the. Uh, NCAA giving a COVID for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the only one that's not is linebacker Josh McMillan, and he probably won't get drafted. But he's he's been a backup linebacker, played a good bit over the last three or four years, uh, played a lot on special teams, and then this year he actually picked up the fullback role, and wound up being a really good lead blocker. So if you want an undrafted free agent, good on special teams, play some linebacker, play some fullback, they might be a good one to look at. There you go. Hey, last thing for you, Brent, I have to ask, not a guy that the Giants would be interested in, but so much talk these days, you know, everybody, everybody's looking for quarterbacks and so much talk these days, a lot of hype around Mac Jones. And, and I'm going to be honest, I don't see it. I just don't see it when guys are starting to talk about Mac Jones as a as a guy who might go in the top fifteen. 
just your thoughts on on Mac Jones as to the right draft range for him and what kind of NFL player he might ultimately be. Yeah, so Steve Sarkeesian designed that offense and Mac Jones made it work. But ultimately, the, all those passing yards, those are Steve Sarkeesian's yards, man. Uh, that was the prettiest and most impactful offensive game plans all season I've ever seen in my life. I, I've never seen anything like the way he designed ev- like everything would build off of each other. He'd start running little orbits with Waddle or Smith and then build fake screens out of that, build some RPOs out of it, and just progressively get deeper and deeper off of previous plays that already run in the game. And, uh, you, you know, to talk about low the year before, we still had that same thing, but Tua kind of went rogue a lot. Uh, it was very much like, yeah, I'm getting my yards. I'm going deep when I can. And sometime, you know, while that did showcase just how talented of a passer Tua was, it did sometimes break the offense. Rarely, but it did happen. Uh, Mac Jones, on the other hand, has been a lot more, hey, Sark, Sark told me to throw the screen. I'm throwing the screen real quick. And with Alabama's skill players, I mean, you keep throwing at Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, and you're going to get a lot of yards, and you're going to win. So as a pro prospect, I'm a little hesitant on Mac. Um, I, I think, you, you know, if you get him kind of like at Alabama in a system where as long as the quarterback continues to be patient and just keeps hitting the guys that he's supposed to hit over and over and over, then he'll be good. He's got very good accuracy, uh, not a whole lot of mobility, decent-ish deep ball arm strength. But if you're going to ask him to be the guy to take over a team, uh, I don't see it. Yeah, it sounds almost sounds like a like a, a guy who might be around the league a long time, but who might you know be a either a middling starter or or sort of a a quality backup. That was, I mean, that was what I saw of Jones, and I was a little bit surprised to see so much uh, so much hype around him as as a guy that could come off the board early. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I think some of that is just the. Uh, Love, you know, there's got to be five quarterbacks drafted high, right? Every year, there's going to be five <laughs> quarterbacks drafted. Uh, and there's just not a whole lot of other options out there. So you got Trevor Lawrence, uh, which I'm, I'm not huge on Lawrence. I love his running, but he's got a 10 second release on his throws. And that, that makes me nervous with NFL pass rushers. I like Justin Fields a lot, uh, but I've seen him wilt under pass rush way too many times. Uh, you got Zach Wilson out of BYU. He looks great. I love that dude's arm, but also he's played like Texas A&M FCS State all his career. And then Kyle Trask, who's basically a clone of Mac Jones. So th- those are your five, and none of them really stand out all that much, so probably all of them get overdrafted. 
There you go. Quarterbacks always do. Hey, Brent, really appreciate your uh, your spending some time. Uh, why don't you tell folks, uh, you know, where they can find your work, where they can follow Roll Bama Roll on Twitter and all of that before I let you go. Yeah, yeah. So we're at Roll Bama Roll. That one's pretty easy. Uh, and we've got me, a few other guys. We kind of keep it going. We'll be doing uh, all, all the NFL draft prospects, uh, little profiles on them, and then uh, kind of kind of a recap and all of that during the draft. So we'll be there. We tweet a lot. Uh, and then I'm at BTBama22. Uh, I'll kind of tweet some, but it's I mostly just use our Roll Bama Roll account. So that's where you'll find us, right in the middle of Alabama Twitter. And uh, and of course, you know, if uh, if if history serves as a as a guide, and if Joe Judge's Alabama connections, uh, you know, are uh, are any indication, you know, at least one of these guys is going to wind up with the Giants. So, Brent, we appreciate the time, we appreciate the information, and uh, we thank you for joining us. Yep, glad to be on. All right, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. Please, uh, as always, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.